Hello and welcome to the Mind Springs podcast with me, Alastair Appleton. I hope you enjoy what you hear, and if you'd like to find out more about us, then visit mind-springs.org. This podcast is an excerpt from the 2016 Samadhi Retreat up on Holy Island in Scotland. Mm-hmm. I think what happens with a lot of these practices is that, and I mentioned it at the beginning of the cellular breathing, there's a resistance from our thinking mind, from our ego mind. I don't want to do this. This is a waste of time. I should be out saving children on the streets or doing something worthwhile. Or they come, oh, we come up with a thousand and one justifications why we don't want to do this. And... Uh, we all have our particular bet noirs with uh, practice. Um, but the uh, joyful thing is that actually if we do the practice, the soma, and when I say soma I mean the kind of energetic experience of the body, the kind of wisdom of the body, fully participates in the practice whether the ego mind is there or not. So... Um, it makes complete sense that you found it difficult to peel yourself off the mat because your body, in contrast to your thinking mind, was really absorbing itself down. But it's your thinking mind that is fighting and kicking. So is it the same Yeah, this is the annoying answer that all meditation <laughs> teachers give. It's just, just do the practice. A very similar thing happens in shamanic work. When I was working with ayahuasca in Brazil, uh, there's incredible, incredible amounts of fear and resistance, terror, in fact, um, overwhelming terror, and all you want to do is make it stop. <coughs> so ayahuasca is a shamanic tea that the Indians of the Amazon use to create spiritual um, adventures. Um, and there's always a point at which your ego mind is screaming, terrified, scratching at the door to, to get out. And then at some point it just gives up, at which point it becomes amazing. Because your energetic body, your soma, your higher self, whatever you want to call it, finally is released from this kind of tugging of the, of the thinking ego mind. The problem is that the ego mind is really just a concoction of thoughts, but the, the soma obeys thoughts. The soma is very kind of kind. If you give it a thought of fear, then the soma will react with fear. So if you give a thought of constriction, the soma will constrict. So the body constricts. And so ultimately, the, the, the practice is about stopping sending that signal at all, so we never constrict, but that's you know, a long way off. Meanwhile, we can do practices that engage the soma, engage the body, in a way that sort of kind of, sort of tricks the uh, ego into re- relaxing. So uh, I, was, I noticed that when I see some of you who are having in a difficult space when you're scrunched up, when I can see it. I can see because your heads are down, you're lost, your eyes are unfocused, you know, you're staring at the table. 
and those of you who I, I can see are open and uh, awake, you know, you're, you're looking at the other people in the, in the room. You're, you're looking at your food. You're uh, nom, nom, nom. Um, and it's, it's, the physical, it's the physical manifestation of that scrunch. And I can see it. I can recognize it. And with time, you can recognize yourself doing it too. And you can just simply oh, look up, look at something, look at someone, smile, eat something, listen to a bird. To just break the spell, the hypnotic spell of, of the, of the, of the um, ego thoughts. Because they're, they're very compulsive. This is not easy. But luckily we have all these amazing tools that, um, that help. Any other people struggling with uh, the earth breathing or this morning cellular breathing? Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 The soma is like a funfair. It's like every every time we open it up, it's something completely new. This is why this work is so um, entertaining. One of the things that I, you know, encounter in my in my psychotherapy practice and in my own life, <coughs> and with a lot of um, courses that I teach, is that people come and they say, "I'm just bored of my life. It's boring." And that's because the ego mind is fucking boring. It's so dull. <laughs> it's the same eight thoughts over and over and over and over again, and like, oh, this endless justification. It's just ghastly. And the, the body is like, whoa, let's have a party, let's cry, let's be sad, let's dance, let's like feel things, let's explore, let's be alive. <coughs> it's very unpredictable. And so when we do this practice, when we open up a space and just be, it's um, it, kind of from the outside it looks terribly dull, you know, all these people sitting cross-legged, being very still. But what you're doing is you're kind of just cleaning the windows or, you know, cleaning the lens. So you can suddenly go, oh my God, there's all this energy happening, all this kind of emotion, all this feeling, and all this connection, and all this love, and all this hate. And, you know, it's a, it becomes like technicolor. It's a, it's, a, it's a long path, but it's a good path. I am... Um, Jane and I were in Colorado on a retreat last November, a three-week silent retreat. Me too. Two weeks. Two, oh, two weeks. Um, with, with Reggie up in the Colorado mountains. And uh, this was a lot stricter than this. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it was 11 hours of sitting every day, complete silence. Um, very, very rigorous. Everything was silent. Yeah, there was no discussion or anything. It was just silent sitting, Very, and actually quite not so much teaching. Maybe one period of teaching a, a day. Um, <clears throat> and I've been on I've been on a number of these sort of retreats when I first started meditating. I went on lots of long retreats, tense vipassana retreats, and I'd been to this place before, 
uh, and had some friends there, and I was actually really looking forward to it. It's a more beautiful spot. Jane was going to be there. It was really nice. And so I went with this kind of, oh, it's going to be great, and all these people, it's going to be really nice and uplifting, and Reggie's going to be there. And, blah, blah, blah. and um, I arrived, and I hit this wall for the first ten sodding days <laughs> of, I hate this. I hate this. I hate these people. I hate this teaching. I particularly hate that man. I hate my dorm mates. I hate Reggie. This whole thing's a crock of shit. And I was so angry for, t- I mean, like non stop. And I noticed that um, there was this this terrible option of, you know, the one time you could speak is if you go up in front of all 110 people and take the microphone and ask Reggie a question in front of everybody. And uh, the year previously, someone said, so that is the moment when you show your true Nimanakaya. This is when you show your true kind of Buddha face. And I was like, oh. and the first year I didn't do it at all. I was like, no, absolutely no way am I going to do that. And, and this, this year I was like, okay, I have to do it. I have to go and stand up. I have to show my Buddha face. <clears throat> and so what happened is in between hating everything, I was rehearsing this really elaborate and clever question that I was going to ask Reggie and like, wow, all these stupid bastards around me <laughs> by, my, by my utter brilliance. And... Uh, this went on relentlessly, and, and I, it was like a kind of e-day fix that, you know, every moment I'm sitting there, all I can do is like, I'm, I'm standing up, I'm asking this question, I'm answering this way, I'm answering that way, it's like, standing up, I'm giving a speech, I'm standing up, I'm giving a speech, I hate you all, I hate you all, don't make me do this. Uh, you know, I'm laughing, but it was actually miserable. It was really horrible. It was a horrible, so constricted, so uh, tight and ghastly. Um... And, and it went on solidly for 10 days. <clears throat> and interestingly, I did actually take the mic and ask the question, and it was a stupid, dumbass question. <laughs> and, 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 yeah, and it came out all wrong, and everyone laughed at me, and it felt really <laughs> awful. Laugh at you. <laughs> That's how it felt. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt like, like a complete idiot, and then that made it all worse. And I, kept, I wanted to stand up and give another speech justifying what I meant. <laughs> Anyway, so this went on and on and on. And then it got to the point where I was, so, I was beside myself because it was so painful and so horrible. And I recognized that it was kind of neurotic. It was my ego just going into some crazy spasm. <clears throat> that I threw myself on the mercy of these people behind me, the sort of the, the Buddha and the lineage and all the teachers and all the energy of the, of the space. And I was like... I can't do it. I absolutely cannot get out of this. You have to help me. And every afternoon I was able to escape by going on these long walks in the beautiful snowy mountains. So marching up, stomping around, being quite angry. And was still with this thought going around in my head the whole time. <clears throat> and so I stomped up the hill, stomped, 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 stomped. And I got to this very beautiful, big, flat um, uh, snow road and started walking and... There was nothing. There was no voice. There was no speeches. Nothing. It was just 
beautiful. This complete spaciousness. You know, a few thoughts. You know, it was me going, oh my God, there's no thoughts. Um, but that dark locomotive train of unbelievable uh, force had gone. And it stayed gone. It's never really come back. And, you know, speaking to Reggie afterwards and speaking to other people, I realized that there is an you know, autobiographical reason for it, you know, a sense of having to always justify myself and stand up and defend myself. So I could, I could see that, but the, it was the practice, the kind of being forced to see it in clear, brilliant, snowy sunlight, day after day after day, that allowed me, or allowed the, the, the lineage, to just knock it out of the way. And so it's a, sometimes it's the workings of grace, but it's mainly the workings of like the preparation that you do for that moment to just cut it. So it's, so it's always worth, you know, even when you're so screwed up in your thoughts, you're so wrapped up with the elastic band, trusting that the fruition of the path, or that, you know, as it, not the fruition, but the sort of part of the path, is that it can stop and you can feel spacious and sort of trusting that that the space needs to be cultivated it's actually there all the time but we need to cultivate a path so that we can feel it and experience it Thank you for listening and please do join us again for more podcasts from MindSprings. You can find out more about us and our work at mind-springs.org. That's mind-springs.org.